Well, hello, 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 everybody. This is your host, Voodoo Prisman, a.k.a. Marciano. I mean, I am so excited tonight. I'm starting my first episode of my new series called Conversations with Voodoo Prisman. And I am so happy. You guys know that I come up with all these different type of ideas, and I want to make it fun for everybody, for, you know, for all my audience and all my fans. And I want to make sure that you guys sit down, get a get a soda or get a juice or get you some CMOS and go ahead and get you some whatever you want to get you and go yeah. ahead and pay attention because tonight is going to be epic. The first episode is going to be right. <laughs> is going to be about extraterrestrials. And I was having a conversation with one of my friends on Instagram, my brother, Mega. And we were talking. We were talking about some things that we wanted to actually discuss. And I said, you know what? Let's take it to the podcast. And right now, I want to go ahead and introduce you to him, my boy Mega from Instagram. So go ahead, man. Introduce yourself. Tell me how you feel being on this show. Yo, what up? What up, y'all? Um, first off, it's an honor uh, to be uh, live with the priest right now, man. This is very dope. I'm very excited about this, and. Uh, you know, it's always dope to have these kinds of conversations with somebody that's in the know, that's familiar with the subject. And, uh, you know, I think it's very beneficial that those that want to learn more about these kind of things or just uh, have some kind of interest in it, uh, you know, uh, listen. And, and, you know, so that's dope. Um, my uh, everybody calls me Mega. You can find me at uh, Mega Forever at uh, Instagram, um, you know, I'm, a, um, you know, New York, and, uh, you know, from the Bronx, Castle Hill, and uh, currently residing in South Florida, and, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, came up in my convo with, with the priest is, um, you know, sightings, sightings of UFOs, encounters, and so on. I've had sightings where he's had uh, encounters with uh, E.T. in uh, regards to receiving messages and so on. Mine's is more of a uh, first-hand uh, account of, uh, you know, seeing these craft up close and personal. And uh, I've been seeing these uh, crafts since 1989. First time, uh, you know, but uh, I guess you get to that in the questions, but yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, this is going to be super exciting. And uh, yeah. I mean, I know that while you were doing your introduction, you were talking about you from the Bronx, man, boogie down, yeah. Yeah, you know, Cap yeah. Castle Hill. And, you know, the thing about it is that every time I talk to somebody from New York or I just think about New York is now being in Atlanta, it's just like, man, I miss home. I just yeah, don't, yeah. yeah. I just, I just don't miss that cold, but I miss that New York yeah. City life. Yeah, and, yeah. and one of the things that uh, we were discussing that I wanted to talk about because of his, uh, you know, his sightings and the things that he has experienced, you know, throughout his life uh, journey, you know, is the fact that my experience has been more about being like abducted. Like I have mentioned before, I have been abducted. Some of you guys know my story about what really happened and we went down and also experiencing 
ETs coming and talking to me and giving me knowledge and giving me some type of uh, information. And I would say that all this transpired what I was studying and I was connecting with a great teacher of mine named uh, Credo Mutua from uh, South Africa. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, he didn't know, Mega didn't know that I knew who he was and we just started this conversation. And one of the things that I would say is my connection has been more with the greys and um, I believe they call it the Palladians. So okay. now that you're talking about these sightings, my philosophy, and I want to hear your point of view on this. My, okay. philo my philosophy, philosophy, I'm sorry, is that I believe in a flat earth. I don't know about you. How do you feel about that? And I also believe that there's no such thing as space. I believe that everything that is going on with these extraterrestrials, like the word says it, is extraterrestrials, extra people who actually reside, whether they live inside the earth, whether they might live inside the clouds or some sort of uh, other ultra dimensional uh, place or whether they actually live aside of the Antarctica going wider and wider and wider. I don't, you know, to me, that's just my theory. It's just my philosophy. I yeah. want to hear about how do you feel about that? Um, well, the, the, I totally disagree with the flat earth theory. I'll tell you, um, you have to think of the universe in terms of facts and, uh, the fact is, is that everything is math and, you know, everything, uh, you have this, the Fibonacci sequence, which, you know, adds up to everything being spherical, uh, spherical, you know, meaning round and yeah. so on. And also, uh, we have to acknowledge the fact that planets, you know, Earth. Jupiter, Venus, you name it, they all have their own frequency. We're living on, and this is uh, not just my opinion, but uh, a very researched uh, fact that uh, we're living on what is considered a sentient being, something that's alive, breathing. And has life has uh, most likely has a a spirit, uh, you know, Mother Earth spirit, and so on. Um, and I could see why people may think that uh, the whole flat Earth thing is legit because there's just so many secrets and so many things that lead to those kinds of questions, especially with, um, you know the concealment of information uh, and how cunning and deceiving, you know, our government may be or, or so on. Um, but we have to, uh, you know, acknowledge uh, some things. And, and uh, for, for example, we, we have people that uh, astral travel, that astral project and, uh, in a lot of cases can travel very quickly off planet. And uh, we utilize people like this in the military to, to spy, to look at other things, bases, bases on the moon, bases on Mars, uh, outposts, uh, ancient ruins, and so on. Things that uh, we think 
are uh, not happening, but are happening. And the information that we're receiving that's coming back, we have uh, books about this stuff. Uh, this has been happening for a long time. Um, the the forefather of, of, of this is, uh, his name is Ingo Swan. He's mm. a, a, a astral traveler. And uh, from his teachings, this guy was uh, working for the military and they had programs where, you know, they would uh, teach these techniques to those that were, um, how can I say, they were, they, they had the ability to, to do these things. Uh, gifted. And, yeah, they were gifted, these gifted individuals that could. Okay. Yeah, and, and report back accurate information. There's tests. There's, uh, you know, studies that have been done for a very long time. And uh, they're 100% spot on. And uh, part a good part of those studies have uh, these people astral traveling off planet and can in great detail describe uh, other planets, the terrain, how they look from uh, the outside in and so on. So, uh, you know, the, the flat earth thing, you know, that's uh, something that I believe was created as a um, weapon of mass distraction. Uh, I think it's something that clouds our judgment, uh, our field, our perspective on, on how things operate. And uh, like you mentioned, Antarctica, Antarctica uh, you know, is a very important, uh, you know, it's a very important time for what's going on there because uh, what's going on there from, to my knowledge, uh, the best of my knowledge right now is that we have beings from other planets that have been uh, for, for, for all intents and purposes uh in cryogenic freeze, kind of that, that's uh -huh. the term. Um, where there's this, uh, what I've heard is this huge craft is under Antarctica. You know, of course, there's uh, there was this ancient alien outpost I heard about that's in there, which the Nazis winded up using, and uh, they transformed that into their own thing, they called it New Schwabenland. So you have these Nazis, which is not the Third Reich. They call them the Fourth Reich, mm -hmm. that operate from from there. And from what I understand, they operate on other uh, outposts. And uh, we're not just uh, talking about within this galaxy. We're talking about in other galaxies as well, and and uh, as well as other realities. And uh, if people want to know more about that or get the gist of that. I recommend that you watch a show called Man in the High Castle on Amazon Prime. It's a very mm. interesting show. It really goes into detail on how uh, not only do we travel to other planets or so on, we can travel to other realities. And uh, we don't necessarily need technology, like I said earlier, to do this. We ourselves are our vessels of transportation uh through meditation and so on there's ways to travel without getting in a rocket ship and uh the things that people see and experience from these travels 
the information is astounding. What they report back is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, it leads one to believe that, uh, you know, the earth is not flat and so on. But that's just, uh, you know, my take on that. And, uh, you know, those are the facts in regards to that. These are actual, you know, they they even got Mm -hmm. them on YouTube now. Uh, some some very talented. I'm talking about little teenagers that that can do this stuff, and uh, you know, with with uh, great accuracy. Uh, so that's something we have to consider when we talk about that subject. Yeah, and that's you know, I feel like in this type of situations, you have many people, and we're gonna get more in depth into you know different type of extraterrestrials and sightings and stuff like that. But when it comes down to the like theories or philosophies or how we feel about certain topics is, I guess it all depends on what resonates to every, yes. sing, every single one of us. Because yes. to me, the word uh, planet is, represents a plane, a plane of existence. Yeah. It do, and even though every single planet or plane of existence has its own uh, energies and its own vibrations, and that's the reason why we follow astrology, that because every single plane brings us different type of attributes and characteristics. So it let us know that we are not only connected to the earth, but we are connected to the planetary system. So dealing with everything that is going on. And also one of the things that you talked about, the Nazis, they, uh, they connected with the uh, Palladians. And one of the things that, uh, well, they connected with Palladians. I'm pretty sure they probably connected with other beings. I was telling, yes. um, I was, ha- I, po- I posted, I post on Facebook about me having connection with those Palladians. And I was, somebody was asking me who were them. And I was telling them that they were connecting with uh, the Nazis. So they actually kind of got up. Some people got upset with me. They unfollowed me because they were like, okay, how are you going to be connected with something that is destructive? But in my understanding with the Palladians, to me, they didn't seem uh, disturbing or they didn't seem aggressive in any type of form when they had that type of communication with me. And um, before we move forward, because I know you have a lot to say and I want to hear what you have to say. I remember watching a documentary. I don't remember the name of the documentary, but they were talking about people experiencing because it's more experiences when it comes to people watching and seeing a UFO or a spaceship other than seeing the actual beings who are in this to, into these spaceships. And, yeah. um, and I remember in one, ep- in one of the episodes, they actually caught on camera a spaceship that was landed on a mountain, part of the mountain, and then the humans, well, the, 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 the people from here, from this earth or whatever, they saw, they saw people coming out of those spaceships like look exactly like us yeah so i was i was wondering if there are other set of beings who actually look way similar to us but they are more advanced in technology what is your take on that okay so let's let's take it back to the whole nazi thing and uh the relation to how they communicated these beings so the nazis um and we're not talking about Hitler here. We're talking about Himmler. Okay, we're talking about his homeboy, Himmler, right? Himmler mm-hmm. was in charge of what they called the Thule Society. That was their secret society. This is uh, something that um, if anybody has ever watched Hellboy, um, mm-hmm. 
the beginning of Hellboy, you have the Thule Society opening portals and summoning beings and so on. And uh, Hellboy made it through one of the portals, and that's what began that movie. But um, what the Nazis were doing were they were using uh, these women. And uh, one of the, the the women, her name was, if I'm not mistaken, Maria Orsic. Okay. And, and she was a precog. And she was somebody, and, and uh, this society, these women, they had very long hair because the hair has to do with communication. And uh, okay. I guess it straight, strengthens communication somehow. That's why, uh, same thing with Indians. They uh, Indians will tell you the same thing, Native Americans and so on, about their hair, how important it is to communicate. But uh, going back to Maria Orsic, anybody could Google her. You'll see her face, Maria Orsic. She was part of the Fool Society. And what this woman did was she managed to communicate. Um, I don't think it was the Palladians. Uh, and, and we have to keep in mind there's different kinds of uh, beings out there. Uh, the, like the standard issue of what beings look like is bipedal, meaning two feet, two legs. Two arms, you know, and so mm. on. But there's different kinds of humans as well. We're not the only humans according to uh, what people have seen. There's different kinds of humans. You okay. got Irans, Palladians, Arturians, and so on. Uh, let's put it this way. There's uh, anything you could think of, there's, there's a, a human kind of body to it. People see lizards. People see bugs. There's no limit to what people have seen in terms of what we know as extraterrestrials. But uh, if they were, if we were ever to have like an official contact, uh, one of the things that you you you're always going to hear is how shocked we would be at how much they look like us. You know, uh, so much so that if they were walking in the street, we wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You know, uh, in terms of the human uh, ones, and um, you know, so Maria Orsic was contacting uh, one of these uh, races. Uh, we could say Palladian for now, I guess they fit the bill, but it's not exactly them. But uh-huh. uh, point of story is that uh, in somebody in channeling these beings, mm-hmm. they started receiving information mm-hmm. on how to do things. And one of the things that the Nazis learned how to do very early, we're talking about in the 1930s, bro, Mm -hmm. is that these fuckers started learning how to build according to the blueprints they were receiving through these channelings. They started building UFOs. And they started demonstrating uh, what these UFOs can do. And this goes into the whole thing about Antarctica. And, uh, you know, we had... um, uh, this guy they led an expedition. We led an expedition. Uh, I forgot what year. Maybe it was in the forties. His name was uh, Admiral Byrd, Richard Byrd, Admiral Byrd. Mm. He led an expedition with uh, the full might of the U.S. Navy. We're talking about the big boys headed out to Antarctica, and they wanted to know what was going on in what is known as New Schwabenland, which is a Nazi outpost 
the, that they created out of uh, an ancient ruin. Something. So well, put it this way: under the ice, there's warm caverns. So it's cold up top, but warm in the bottom. And they discovered the this outpost because they were uh, the Nazis had very sophisticated. Uh, submarines and they were very knowledgeable on how to navigate and and get through these um, obstacles to get to Antarctica and so on and um, you know these these uh, these guys they're no joke very nasty individuals and uh, you know lo and behold uh, these fuckers built UFOs according to these blueprints and uh uh, Admiral Byrd led this expedition over there, and uh, this was after the fact. This was after the the war. We, if they were uh, able to release those toys, uh, we we stopped that. But they would have beat our asses. We'd be speaking in German right now, you know. Wow. We were close. We were very close to losing that war, from what I understand if they were uh, able to let their little flying toys come out and, and beat our ass. But we, we beat them to the punch, you know? But uh, from that point on, they moved in stealth, and, and hence, you know, what's going on in Antarctica. And uh, what happened was with Admiral Bird, they went over there, and all of a sudden, uh, they were met with resistance. They, these UFOs just started coming out of the water, mm-hmm. and, um, you know... Uh, there's documentaries about this. Yeah, if you yeah, uh, want to check it out on YouTube and so on, look up the Admiral Byrd expeditions. And, and um, you know, unfortunately, now with what's going on, they're starting to remove a lot of content from YouTube and, and hmm. certain sites uh, that uh, tell this information. But it's still there. And uh, let's put it this way. These guys handed our asses to us out there. And sent us back with our tails between our legs. Uh, we're talking about the full might of our Navy fleet. We had the the craft, and, and they did a number. They fucked us up. And everything that we shot at them was just, uh, didn't do a damn thing. It didn't do nothing, you know? So that's, mm-hmm. the, we're, we're talking about back in the day, bro. We're not even talking about now. We're talking about back in the day that uh, they had this technology and, um, you know, that's just to give folks an idea of where we're at now at this day and age. They were already doing this stuff in the 40s, you know? Wow. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> speechless right now. And and hearing you speak about these events and one of the things that I really wanted to ask and kind of add on to what you're saying is when you said where, you say that they actually were in the past, or are you saying that these Germans are, until this day, very, very smart, or that ended when no, the that, that, war ended? Yeah, and... that never ended. They, uh, you know, we had, uh, when the war ended, what happened was um, we started taking their scientists. There was this project. And um, mm-hmm. uh, what was the name of the project? It was this this top secret. Um, it wasn't. Jeez, oh, why did I forget? Why, why am I forgetting this right now? But um, damn, what is the name of it? Anyways, we had this 
project where we extracted their top scientists, the Nazis, right? Mm -hmm. Not only did we do that, but the Russians did it and so on. But we got the best of the best out of that, uh, you know, that situation, right? And this is what started our NASA uh, program. This is what started a lot of things. Shit started popping when we got these scientists in the mix, you know? And um, if it wasn't for, you know, them, we wouldn't have NASA right now, you know? And so is, let me interrupt you real quick. So NASA, Nazi? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm just, this is something that just came to my mind. It's just, it was just a download. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what they did, you know, because imagine they have okay. so much intelligence, right? They, they, I mean, they're way ahead of the game. Still to this day, okay. way ahead of the game, you know. And, um, you know, this launched our programs, you know. And these guys were able to infiltrate us through these programs because they mm. were protected. Nobody wants to know that we had Nazis under you know, um, under our belt over here, you know, that we were protecting them. Right. And, and, and you know, for the uh, benefit of, uh, you know, winning wars and, and, and having this information and technology and so on, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, we, we really, uh, you know. So, you know, point of story is that these guys are deeply embedded into our government, you know. And uh, it's not mm-hmm. a good look right now. Wow. So I don't even want yeah. to get deep into that because, you know, I want everybody to really enjoy the <laughs> <laughs> and don't be kind of like getting stressed the fuck out. Like, oh, my God, what is yeah, going to yeah, happen? Yeah. Because, see, the thing about it, technology is so advanced. And the reason why it's so advanced is because it's not really about the technology. It's about the mind. Yeah. yeah. You know, and when you're dealing with uh, when you're dealing with uh these different type of uh, situations, you know what I mean? When you're talking about different type of uh, spaceships or either type, any type of technology, or when you're talking about even a travel machine, because I heard that they actually created a time yeah, travel that's machine. Yeah, the, the, that's like, called the Glocken. The Glocken. Okay. That was something that uh, they uh, made back in the day that had to do with... Um, you know, uh, again, these guys were receiving blueprints okay. on how to make things from uh, otherworldly uh, entities, you know. And uh, the Glocken was uh, something that, uh, you know, it, it's just if anybody's ever watched like ancient aliens or anything like that, they, they, they talk about it, you know. And a uh, very interesting story in itself you know that's just something that uh you know folks if you're interested in that look it up you know and uh see see what that's about you know yeah i feel like i feel like even though all those type of uh different type of technologies or even type of machines or anything that all that could be definitely mastered with the brain with the mind you know, like uh, there's certain pictures that, in the, that they were on caves or 
on the walls in Mexico, especially in Mexico and parts of Egypt, where they talk about which, which a lot of people are saying the United States is part of Egypt okay. anyway. That, but that's a yeah. different topic to yeah. discuss. <laughs> and basically, you see these uh, beings where you see our ancestors surrounded by a big spaceship, like they were traveling on a spaceship, but the spaceships are represented by snakes. Okay. So when you see these snakes around in that particular person, what those snakes represent is the wisdom, is the knowledge of tra teletransportation. Yeah. Yeah. So everything, it doesn't have to be taken literal. Yeah. literal. There are things that you can actually kind of elaborate in whatever information they bring in you in order for you to really understand and comprehend what's really going on and what's some of the technology that we are that we are able to manifest throughout, like you said, like meditation, different type of things that is going to allow us to actually get that out of a DNA and actually be able to actually put us out with this amazing superpower. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so let yeah. me ask you this right now. So tell me about some of the best, I would say experiences that you had so far when it comes to seeing a sighting, like how, what is the closest experience and how do you okay. feel about that? Um, the first, all right, we're going to take it. Um, let, let, I'm going to touch before we get to that. I, I want to touch just a little on where I come from in the Bronx and what, what I've seen that led to uh, me be more open to these experiences, okay? So, um, just to give people a, a quick, you know, glimpse into why uh, these things interest me and how I came about, uh, you know, being a stargazer and so on. So, uh, I grew up on uh, Prospect Ave, right across the street from the Bronx Zoo on 187th Street. And uh, the building that I lived in, you know, the whole neighborhood was just uh, just rodent infested. It was bad. And it was a breeding ground for bad spirits because the energy was really bad. It was, it was a very uh, bad energy, you know. So um, I'd see things as a kid, things that other kids wouldn't normally see, you know. But me and uh, even my brother, who I believe has experienced the typical gray sightings. Uh, he, he'd see things coming out of okay. walls that, that would terrify him. And you could tell he was genuinely looking at something. <laughs> you know, I mean, every night at around right, 3, right. 30, this kid, my, my little brother, will wake up terrified, pointing at the same spot in the wall every night. And, uh, you know, we knew that he was looking at something. We just couldn't see what he was looking at. You know, um, he would describe them as okay. little robots between three and four feet tall, which is a typical description of a gray with big black eyes and so on. Um, and for those that are not in the know of, of, of the grays, they are the most menacing, most uh, disturbing, uh, the most frequently encountered of uh, ETs that people see. They're the ones that you'll see drawn all over the place and so on people encounter these the most and uh you know that's what that is but uh like i said i would see you know these paranormal things 
And uh, lo and behold, I move out of there, you know, with my family. And, um, you know, I moved to the projects. And that's how bad uh, that was, is that the projects was an upgrade for us, you know. Um, and I lived in, uh, you know, we moved to Castle Hill Projects. And uh, where we used to have a view of just a brick wall looking outside of our window, now I can see mm-hmm. Queens. I can see the New York skyline and, and the bridge and the lights. And it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, so I would always look out the window. Um, so in 1989, mm-hmm. I'm 12 years old at the time. And, you know, I'm looking outside the window. And on this one night in particular, um, I see this orb. It looks like a moon. It looks like a mini moon over the White Stone Bridge. And, uh, you know, when you look out my window, you can see Queens. You can see all the air, you know, you can see all the airplanes going to LaGuardia and and, and JFK and so on and stuff. And um, over the bridge, I see this big old luminous uh, ball. It looks like a moon. And uh, Mm. I immediately tell my brother, Steve, I'm like, yo, Steve, come check this out. Look at this. And he sees it. He takes a look. He's terrified. He goes right back to the top bunk, gets under the blankets, doesn't want to have nothing to do with it. So I kept looking. And as I'm looking, um, this, mm. this, this ball is illuminating more and more. And mm. it looks like a boat floating on water. And the reason that these craft look like that is because they float on electromagnetic energy. So when you see them, it, it, that's how they, it's like a boat on water, but instead of water, they're floating on energy. And that's how, you know, they, they uh, don't make any noise and they're silent and so on. Um, mm-hmm. So what happens after that? I see two jets come after this thing. And they come straight out of somewhere over there, maybe JFK, maybe LaGuardia's. That, but these two jets were scrambled to chase this craft. And they come at the craft, and to no avail, they, they, they go up, and the craft disappears. The jets go back to Queens or wherever they came from, and all of a sudden, this thing appears again, right? And it mm-hmm. starts illuminating even even brighter. It's just like, ha-ha, like, I'm here, y'all can't do nothing, and now I'm really going to shine. And that was mm-hmm. my first sighting of uh, a, a UFO and from that day my eyes have been like open I became a watcher of the sky even more after that now what's funny about that sighting right is that I thought I was the only one that saw it mm-hmm. I have a friend who's a rapper his name is Hocus Four Fifths and um, he puts a post this was last year he posted he, he said uh Mind you, we're from the same mm. projects, me and this dude, right? He um, he posts mm. his post, has anyone ever seen a UFO? And lo and behold, there's people commenting, uh, saying that they saw exactly what I saw the same year in 1989. And they started wow. filling in some gaps, things that I forgot personally. Now, this is the things that were happening. So as I'm looking out the window, right? 
And this is because they jogged my memory. These people saw the same thing. This is legit shit. People that I had no idea saw this, saw this. What happened was, imagine, mm-hmm. um, how can I describe this? So from my projects to where that craft was at in the Whitestone Bridge, we're talking about miles. We're talking about a easy, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, uh, you know, 10 miles, 15 miles, and, you know, between that. What this craft was doing, no noise at all, no nothing, you couldn't hear it. It was effortlessly, we're talking about a fraction, a microsecond, going from that bridge to my projects, flying in between. So that's that's wow. 10, 15 miles in, in under a second that this thing was going back and forth. And, and these people that were commenting have mentioned that, and they were right because I saw the same thing. And um, that was just mm. one of the neat little tricks that this uh, craft was doing. Um, so that was my first sighting right there. And, uh, and that was, that's uh, an amazing first sighting at that. You know, that was like up close and personal. That was very close. That's uh, a UFO basically pulling up to your window. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's how close yeah, you yeah, saw that. Yeah, absolutely. Did you get a chance to see who was no, inside? No, it was just, it was luminous. Some people, what they see, they see orbs and they're so bright that you can't really see anything but that, uh, an orb, you know? Okay, so do you consider that to be? Do you consider that to be uh, a spiritual, a space, a spaceship, or do you consider it to be a highly in technology that you are not able to actually see the material because the material might be something that it can it can even be recognized from. I mean, from what yeah, we already well, know. I've, I've, you know, I've come a long way in terms of researching, and 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 so mm-hmm. on, and. Um, by the way, I, I just now that it, I just remembered that project was called Project Paperclip, where we extracted Nazis. Okay. Just in case anybody wants to, I'm sorry, that just popped into my head. It was called Project Paperclip. That's rough. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, what I know now about UFOs, it was definitely a craft because of how it was surfing. It was you know riding the waves, the the energy waves. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it was definitely a craft. And what I know now is that um, there's craft that is not only uh, it's more than just technology. We have craft that people have described as being both uh, technological and living at the same time. Uh where you know, yeah, what? Yeah, where it, it, imagine you know, it's like having like, uh, like a dragon, right? Something like that. Like you can fly. Yes, yes. You can fly something that you're bonded with. Uh, people. Yeah, like a dragon. Like that's a yeah, good example. Yeah. People, uh, and and I'm talking about. I'm not you know scientists. People that have been abducted, and so on, have described being 
aboard a craft where they felt the craft was alive. It was it was uh, conscious, and so on. And um, you know, that's how advanced you know that uh, you know it, it's to the point where where people enter these crafts. Sometimes they don't see any uh, controls or anything of that sort. Anything that would give you. Uh, you know, that you could physically touch to guide a craft of, of that sort, you know? Uh, usually... So it's like robots? Well, usually, uh, what they what they find is that there's, there's uh, seats, seats that are fitted for very small people, you know, and this, uh, we, we could say the grays, and what they, they and this is uh, what they've been doing. They've been practicing how to fly these mm-hmm. craft, and they learned. They discovered that they control these craft with their mind. You become uh, symbiotic with the craft. So, if you want to go somewhere in your head, you think this is uh, the direction I want to go in, and how fast, and so on. And the craft is symbiotic with you and mimics what you're thinking. Okay, I'm like, I'm about to... <laughs> wait a minute, hold on. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, guys, what's going on with y'all? Are yeah. y'all listening? Yeah. Like, how do y'all, how do y'all feel? How, how are you feeling? Whoever is listening yeah. to this right now, how are you feeling about what we are talking about? Like, right now, I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. hold on. Like, I feel like I'm in uh, yeah. Jupiter. Um, an example of that, if people want to know more about that, um, Google Bob Lazar. This guy worked at Area 51. He was working on these kinds of craft. And uh, he came out publicly to a news station back in the day, in the 80s, saying that he was working on these things. And uh, life got very interesting for that man. And he even has a documentary on Netflix. detailing uh you know his work at area 51 and uh before where he was uh very open about it uh now he's not so open about it because you know they threatened this dude's life and god knows what they did or told him uh said to him but Mm -hmm. his stance has changed on that but when he first came out my man came out guns blazing with information very smart man talking about that he's worked on craft and you know he he'll uh if you see his uh earlier interviews he talks about these helmets that uh they'd have the pilots wear and uh you know you could uh maneuver the craft uh with your thoughts you know so that's uh just one of, of many examples you know we have a lot of our technology based on reverse technology from recovered craft okay so i get what you're saying so one of the things you mentioned earlier and everything you're speaking about is one of those times where we feel like we kind of know some of the answers even though we might not even be no way near close like for instance we can say okay uh, based on what i can perceive or how far i can take my mind to go that you would even think about people actually flying these uh, crafts with their mind. So it's like, this is the first time by you talking about it 
that that even crossed my mind. Like I didn't, I would have never expected yeah. that. But it was something. Uh, it was something you mentioned about your brother when you saying that uh, he saw little beings that you know you feel like they yeah. were the grays yeah. or so. And when he was talking about the way he was seeing them, it's like he was seeing them like if they were some type of uh, yeah. robotic. And in one documentary that I saw, which I don't remember, so I can give reference to something yeah. I don't remember. But the, it was uh, great that, that they actually have captured. And well, not it was not one, but it was a few of them. Where in that documentary, it was talking about that these grays were robots. Okay, well... Again, that that talks, uh, it tells much about these technological advancements, okay? Um, we have grays. Uh, let, let's take it to the root. Um, in Africa, in Africa, and, 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 and uh, for those of you that don't know, Credo Mutua, who, who yeah. priestess told me is a teacher of his, which is phenomenal because Credo Mutua is just you know uh one of the most enlightened individuals uh i've ever heard talk in my life like this guy is a possessor mm -hmm. of ancient wisdom and he's a direct descendant of shaka zulu and uh he's had mm -hmm. experiences he's been abducted um and so on and and he talks about his experiences and one of the things that uh i find interesting that credo mutua talked about in regards to Gray's, um, he mentioned that one time there was a thing happened. He was called by a neighboring village, a shaman from another village, and um, they had a Gray in their possession. How they got it, I, I think it was a crash. Something happened where this 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 Gray and she tells Credo Mutois that uh, they use their sharpest weapons, their sharpest, uh, uh, you know, knives or whatever to try to crack the skin uh, on this being. And, and uh, mm -hmm. that it had this suit on. So, you know, I, I want you guys to think, you know, the typical uh, alien that we see in, in pictures and cartoons, you know, little gray guy with big black eyes. Uh, what Credo Mutua said was that they cracked open that shell, that that's uh, a shell for what they, uh -huh. what they, and what they discovered under that was like a little lizard kind of being, which they called a Chitauri. Now, what's interesting is that if you watch, uh, for my peoples out there that watch Marvel movies or, uh, you know, anything Marvel, Marvel had uh, two uh, animations called the Ultimate Avengers. There's part one and part two. Mm. And interestingly mm -hmm. enough, one of the aliens that they work with, the Nazis, <laughs> the Nazis in the in the animation are working with uh, these aliens called the Chitauri, not the Chitauri, the mm -hmm. Chitauri. Um, the Africans okay. called these beings Pinky Pinky. And the reason they called them Pinky Pinky is because the these lizards that are uh, under these these suits have like a pink-like flesh. They're, they're, they're lizards. 
but have a, a, a pinkish mm-hmm. flesh. So they call them pinky pinky. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. what's crazy about that is that Credo Mutua said they partook in a ceremony where they ate this being, the a pinky pinky. And, and uh, you know, it, it's just uh, shit got crazy for homeboy after that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so what was the purpose of eating them? And why, what, 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 when you're saying uh, things went crazy, yeah, yeah. can you so elaborate on that? He partook in a ceremony. Uh, they felt that if you eat this bean, you in turn get the power of it. And, okay. And so you have more power. You become a more powerful being as a result because this is actually a being from the stars. Um Now, what happened to Credo Mutua, according to him, is that uh, he started breaking out in a severe rash immediately. Like, it, he fell ill. And mm-hmm. um, on his way back to his village, every dog, every animal, you name it, was uh, barking at him, growling at him, but hesitant to approach him. They wouldn't come near him but they were expressing their discontent. You know, so imagine you're walking somewhere and all these animals want to fucking mm. kill you, but they can't do nothing because mm. of whatever. And, and um, he saw mm. uh, uh, an elder and the elder said, ah, you know, I know what happened to you. You know, you were, you know, in mm. the, the presence of, uh, you know, these beings, you know, and that's usually in Africa, mm. Uh, it's pretty common. It's pretty common to see something like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, imagine you're in the bush. And you're 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 for, you know you're getting fruits or whatever you're getting, and and who else is around? It's just you, you know. So uh, you have uh, people from villages. You have kids, elders, and so on. They say, hey, it's common for us to see these things because. Who's recording? You know, no, nobody's doing none of that. They're they're in the middle of Carajo land there. You know. Yes, that is, and that is true. So, yeah, I'm just like so. Basically, those the way that we describe these beings, the big yeah, huge yeah. eyes, maybe those represent the, they probably windows. Yes, yes. And you know the windows, and you know the way that it looks is basically the the something they have around and at the end yes, it's just these little reptilians that are they, that are they, pink they yes those those lenses now uh, i want to remind folks this is just one uh one kind one type there's different types you have biological you have uh beings that are not biological that fit the description of a gray that are more like uh, androids, you know, um, that are used in abduction purposes. Um, imagine uh, my best description of that um, is, you know, like uh, people use drones. You know, they use the drones to look at things they couldn't normally see. Uh, there's beings, they even say that our military does it, use uh, these kind of beings for abductions, that they're androids. You can control them. And they could, uh, they have specific functions, and you could program them and 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 direct them to to do things. 
which is insane. But, you know, that's what they say. So what happened after what happened? I'm pretty sure everybody wants to know. Like, I got my popcorn over here. So, you know, I'm just uh, like, you know what so, I mean? Just ready. What? Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're talking Creed Omutu out here, right? What happened to him? Yeah, what happened after the yeah. the priest saw that this particular person had actually been involved with uh he, with a pinky pinky? He, from what I understand, started having experiences. He uh, the whole thing with uh, him being abducted and 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 having encounters uh, <clears throat> started becoming more of a reality. Um, if anybody wants to know more about that. Um, if anybody out there is familiar with who David Icke is, David Icke is, uh, yeah. Yeah, Dave Icke. He mm-hmm. has a interview, a very in-depth interview with Credo Mutua called The Reptilian Agenda. And uh, it's mm-hmm. on YouTube. So uh, I, I'd advise people to check that out if that, you know, you, you want to know more about it. I try to watch that episode, but for whatever reason, the volume, yeah, uh, the, the audio, audio is so yeah, poor. Yeah, you're right. There's there's uh, better quality versions of that video. Um, but yeah, um, the reptilian agenda. David Ike interviewing Credo Mutois. Uh, very very informative. If anybody wants to check that out, he he goes into detail on on you know what happened uh, after that. Mm, amazing so i mean i'm i'm over here like kind of like still shaking like i'm shaking because i'm receiving you know everything that you're speaking and it's just like my mind is uh transporting different places at the same time you're speaking and i'm just taking notes from you and taking notes from the universe and taking notes from all different angles and (laughs) one of the things i want to say is that even though this um conversation is amazing i mean i'm like i said i'm pretty sure many of you probably thinking the same thing we gotta cut it short because we've been on the phone for about an hour and this is just the first part i mean are you open to doing a sequence to this absolutely absolutely i mean i just gave you just one of my sightings you know that you know what was set it off so um, I would love to, you know, in another conversation, tell folks about, you know, everything else I've seen and, and uh, what I know to this point, you know? Mm-hmm. No, amazing. Is there anything you want to say to finalize our first episode, you know, the first part of this conversation oh, yeah. to the audience? Um, you know, I, I want the audience to know that... Um, me doing this uh, uh, podcast with with, uh, with Priest, um, he resonates with a lot of truth to me. I've uh, have I have friends that follow him, and they would post his videos. And uh, you know, you always resonated with truth, like, "Oh, this guy knows his shit." I I, I like what I'm hearing, but um, the whole reason I agreed to doing this is because you're in my books, uh, a genuine person who I felt, uh, you know, is, uh, you know, somebody that I could uh, have this kind of discussion with this kind of conversation and, uh, you know, have an audience that's receptive to it 
and so on, you know, and uh, so I'm humbled and, uh, you know, I'm honored to uh, be having this convo with you. No, man, thank you. Thank you. And likewise, I really do appreciate the time that you have taken, you know, to be able to deliver this such amazing uh, information. And for the audience, this is not just one part. Who knows how many parts it's going to be, because this is only just one yeah. of his experiences. Yeah. So you could you could only imagine this is just like putting the you fixing the bread yeah. before you even yeah. put it in the oven. So Absolutely. it's like you got different layers, <laughs> <laughs> different layers of what's to come. I mean, I'm like, I, I can't even wait about what's really coming after this, yeah. after yeah. tonight. And I want to I want to thank everybody for actually listening to this, uh, this episode to listen to this amazing uh segment that we have actually created about extraterrestrials and i want to say for anybody that wants to connect with me just don't forget to hit me up on my email which is woodofreesman at gmail.com go ahead and subscribe to my youtube channel and go ahead and subscribe to the podcast as well so you can get notifications of my upcoming things that i got going and i want to say thank you for listening to conversations with voodoo priestman and i hope that everybody who's listening is having a great magnificent time man. your boy Voodoo yeah. man yeah Woo! that's right 2020 y'all we live in the most interesting time ever believe that 